Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of making merry even though they're stacking up cordwood outside, and I'm not going to say what kind. <laughs> ho, ho, hope we get through this soon. Yes. yes. Well, you know, it's not the first time that there's been a... Uh, uh, you know, a Christmas during a Holocaust of one kind or another. I, I don't know exactly when the, uh, it was in the fall that they had the huge uh, uh, flu outbreak in, in 1916 uh, or 12, was it? 1918, the Spanish flu epidemic. Yeah, it was yeah. in the beginning yeah. of the year, and then it came back even stronger in the fall. In the so, fall, yeah. right. So I'm saying Christmas was tough. And, of course, during the Middle Ages, during the... Uh, Black Plague, and of course, uh, so many years when people were off at war and huge world wars. So I'm sure that you know, for a lot of people, uh, making merry is is a challenge that we you know need to rise to. Uh, and uh, so we're uh, this. So that's what we're basically uh, going to be doing here is we're just basically talking about all the you know not just the things we're thankful for because you know but but all the things we did during this past year that you know made life livable, made life fun, uh, things that we did to you know to really be gamers in a uh, in, in an apocalypse world, and um, and what we have to look forward to uh, in the next year. So, well, that, that that's the thing with all this with dealing with how this year has been and how we three have kept our sanity. Of course, I know Bruce does a lot of his gaming via Skype. I mean, even if he's got local people there, then though they're all my local people, but we just switched over to Skype and other things uh, in order to uh, continue to be together. Yeah. I mean, I've had a couple of people who over the past year, you know, they do to distance, because I've had a gamer in Omaha, a gamer in Chicago. I've got, you know, Carrie in Baltimore. But all the rest are local. They're within 10, 15 minutes of me. Well, with all this going on, my games are all Skype now. I don't think I've had a gamer in here, my apartment, which I dubbed Command Central, for about nine months. Well, Fur might be over here once in a while, but, you know, girlfriend staying the weekend, you know, that kind of. But, yeah, other than that, I think the only other person this past Saturday was Pixie. And then I took her back over to, you know, her mom's place. But other than that, no, I haven't had gamers in here full bore since February. And and so Skype is, and well, Discord too. I'm learning Discord a little better. I didn't use it for a while. I'm getting back. Okay, this is how you send. Okay, I scan their character sheets. What's the send file button? Oh, it's the cross here next to the typing window. Yeah, and you know, and so. Having to learn that, and because some people Discord doesn't work, Skype doesn't work, 
So I've had to vary the systems depending on who's in my gaming group. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I do a combination of Skype, Zoom, Discord, whatever. As you say, if everybody can get on Discord, I get on Discord. Because you, you, anybody can create their own private server on Discord, so it's really easy to invite people in. Oh, heck, I've got one for my show. I mean, Dementia Radio has its own Discord server. So, yeah, it, it, it's really easy to do that. But uh, but speaking about um, online uh, stuff, okay, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I was surprised, but I was actually glad to see how many... Um, how many conventions uh, went online? Oh yes, and uh, I mean a lot of local conventions to me went online. At least three. Yeah, same here. Four actually, because uh, DragonCon uh, had an online. Uh, yeah, Monsterama slash SpyCon went online. Hulanta, even though it's not supposed to exist anymore, they decide the guy who was running it decided, eh, I got a Saturday off. I'll, we'll just go and run. <laughs> we'll have Hulanta Saturday. <laughs> so he he got a whole bunch of people who were in, you know, Doctor Who fans and, and guests and stuff like that. And they just called in to, and had little, uh, he did a lot of interviews, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, uh, MomoCon, which is a big uh, anime convention. Uh, just had one this past weekend, uh, and then Conjuration, which is the uh, uh, oh, uh, it, it's the Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, they uh, they did a, a whole bunch of stuff too. So I mean, that's like four or five conventions locally. That does include Gen Con online. Oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yep, Balticon uh, over there in uh, Peter uh, Blix's territory. Uh, they had a good one. Uh, EtherCon, which has been having an o- online-only convention for some time now, had it. And there was this one called Albacon, which was a... Uh, they, a lot of them, what they did was they said, we're going to run a small convention, and any money we collect is going to be given to charity. So, you know, yeah. especially things like food banks and stuff like that. So, Oh, yeah, yeah, good. So there was a, just a, a ton of online gaming, and I know that I missed a lot of stuff. I just didn't even know about it, you know. But what I did find out about it, you know, it was almost uh, almost every week, at least once a month, there was a online convention you could go to and just watch people, you know, talking to each other. Um, uh, sometimes they let you uh, – a lot of them had, like, it was on uh, – they uh, they would stream the uh, uh, I'm sorry they would stream uh, the the video chat or whatever I mean they, the the interview they recorded it ahead of time okay yeah and then uh, and then they would stream it and then as and they would have a chat window in YouTube and so while you were making comments about what they were talking about they were actually in the chat responding to your comments. So they were commenting oh. on themselves oh. in response to what you were doing, and then because what they did was they said, "Look, we got three movies, you know, that uh, we think are are really bad, but also really good. So everybody needs to go out and watch them. And so uh, we're first going to talk about the movies before we watch them. Then we're all going to go watch them, and then we're going to come back and do it again and say, okay, this is my experience. Was this good, bad? What was what was it that made it?'" A good bad movie, and so uh, 
and they did that a, a bunch of times for things like that, where they had a, a pre and a post session where you know and both and they had audience chat involved and not to mention all the watch parties not to mention um well like a lot of them actually still have uh uh, a lot of their content on youtube you can just go to youtube moacon does uh especially um uh uh, i'm sorry monsterama and hulanta a lot of them, have, uh, they, they still have that content on their, their channels. So even though you might have missed it, you're just hearing about it now, you can still go online and watch it. The same stuff nice. that I got to watch. You know, uh, That was a lot of fun uh, to do that. And uh, did you guys get involved with any of the online game, uh, the online conventions? I'm more of an on in person. I just, well, it's we like. we all are, but I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, but I, I just, I I. I try. I want to get behind the idea of a, an online convention. I'm just like, Ugh. but uh, let's see. The last, well, as far as me, because I do go to other conventions, side local ones. The last con that I knew of this year was Mars Con, which is our our comedy, music, and science fiction convention in Minneapolis. The first weekend of March. That was just before everything got locked down. Uh huh. As far as local cons, PenguinCon was virtual this year, and that's a Detroit sci-fi and open-source Linux convention, which, um, you know, it's gotten national exposure on the Big Bang Theory because Sheldon's a Linux geek, and, you know, he busts Will Wheaton's chops about it and everything. And also Fiasco, which was... It's the con started by uh, Rich's mechanic friend Freon. It succeeded uh, Continuum, so that's like our the our our sci-fi lit con. Yeah, I totally forgot about listing that. I, I attended that. Oh, you were at Fias- Virtual Fiasco yeah, this year? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Yeah, so that was there. other than that. Uh, Yomacon got shut down because I. And I actually kind of got into it with my kid about this because I'm like, okay, a bunch of kids walking around in costume during a pandemic in the middle of downtown Detroit, either being all in the Renaissance Center or all at, well, what is now TCF Center was Cobo Hall for the longest time. And, you know, those two places have, that's where Yomacon is now because the Weston there in the Renaissance Center if you know the Detroit skyline, the thing with the five glass cylinders, that's that has the biggest hotel in Michigan. So that's the only place we can hold Yomagon. And it's our local anime convention. That's my daughter's birthday con. And I'm like, okay, really? They're they're going to worry about breach of contract? We're in the middle of a pandemic. There should be stuff. And my daughter and I kind of got into it, but they finally saw sense and shut it down. And I don't know if there was a virtual Yomagon this year. I will have to text my daughter and ask her. As I said, uh, those of us on the Travcast have friends in Yomacon, ConCom. So I could probably ask around and say, was there a virtual Yomacon this year? You know, it was probably a lot of anime watch parties and maybe virtual masquerades. Because most of these kids, they're hopped up on Pocky and ramen and energy drinks and in costume <laughs> for 60 hours straight. Oh, no. 07. 07? 08? I'm there at some uh, hotel up in Troy, and me and Rich are standing there, leaning up against the table. 
And we're just watching all these kids go by. And there were a lot of youth badges, but the costumes that were with these youths were not for youths. Yeah. And ri- and we're commenting. Their, their parents are letting them. And Rich, you know, Rich and I, were, their parents are letting them go out like this. Unbelievable. And I, <laughs> we're like, they probably hide the costumes from their parents and then, you know, put them on after the parents are long gone. And then take them off before yeah. the parents get there. But Rich and I are looking. And this is 07, 13 years ago. I'm barely in my 40s. And I look at Rich. I, he says, we're a couple of dinosaurs. This is the future of cons. I'm looking at him like, excuse me? <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it would have been hard to hold Yomacon virtually. Just So I think we only had two virtual cons that I know of here in the Detroit area. PenguinCon and Fiasco. And I'm still wondering, uh, they're already planning for MarsCon. Oh, wait a minute. They did a virtual MarsCon weekend. So Luke Ski, Luke Sinkowski, dementia artist, animator, characterist. From Burbank, he managed to get a bunch of dementia acts together. And it was, I think, three weeks ago he had the... And he's also let us know that, yeah, MarsCon, we're planning for it to be real. And in the case things are still the way they are, we're planning. They're they're covering their asses on both sides. They can do real. They can do virtual. So, and again, that'll be the first weekend of March from Minneapolis. So, yeah, Detroit. They they I guess they played it safe. They just those are the only two that I know of. Just yeah. And I was not aware, Bruce, that you were at the virtual fiasco. I sort of was on the periphery of that. I just, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. For me, going to a con is being there, seeing people I haven't seen, and just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. The one thing I was, I was looking at one. Um, I didn't get, I didn't end up going uh, or attending it, so to speak. But I was the one I was looking at was a a virtual con or a, the virtual version of a con uh, geared towards mega games. Because uh, that's one other thing I kind of got involved or got interested in over this past year was the concept of mega games. What is a mega game? Yeah, mega game. Where it, um, the closest thing I can think of is the most famous one I'm aware of is uh, one called Watch the Skies, which is combination board game slash LARP, where you have mm. all the players are separated in, into teams based on like nations of the world. And they are dealing with an alien incursion. And so mm-hmm. like an hour is set aside that for, for like each like six months or a year. And for like 15, and it, it's very structured as far as times. Like for 15 minutes, uh, the teams send their delegates to the UN to, to you know, do the UN diplomatic issues and, 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 debate and, and pass resolutions while the scientists are sent off to their conference to share information and try and get things while the, the military is uh, looking at the, the board because it is a huge board game. So they're looking at the map of the world, trying to figure out where they're going to move their, their interceptors and their armies. And the, hmm. the, the nation's leader is, you know, talking to the press or talking to other nations, trying to work out deals uh, it's so uh, it's like, yeah, like I said, it's kind of like a, a massive board game mixed with a LARP, mm. and not at quite as free form as most LARPs are. Because again, you're well, yeah, very structured, yeah. Um, 
it takes place in turns. There are turns and there are phases to each turn, but it's also kind of open-ended because if a, if a nation says you, we want to abandon this project and we want to send communications out to the aliens and, and tell them we're ready to be their monkeys. We'll do whatever they want. If they, you know, spare us and you have a game master who's like, okay, well, let's see. Let's, 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 and they take, maybe take a few minutes to think about it and they come up with, you know, okay, here's the reply you get back. So it's also a bit like a, you know, our uh, standard LARP and RPG in that sense is like, there is a game or a team of game masters who have to work together to say, all right, well, the player, the, the players just did something. We didn't explicitly state they could do, but we didn't say they couldn't do it either. So how do we respond? Oh, time to make a new rule. Time to make a new technology. We weren't expecting. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could. Oh no. I could see this to be, I don't want to call it a logistical nightmare, but yeah, you better get your act together if you want to plan to have this run as smoothly as possible, considering it's a LARP. It's the board game. You have yeah, to... It's, yeah, ooh, yeah. That's why I, love, I was looking at it going, you know, me and my LARP buddies, we could do this, because especially with our LARP being more of a salon LARP, where it's not, you don't have foam <laughs> weapons and you're hitting each other. It was very much, a you know, more abstract, you know, rules mechanic for combat and things like this. Okay. And we often did have like a sort of board or something in our game that represented something within the the game world of some sort, some sort of re- physical representation of the state of the game. For us, ours was looking back. I go, ours was almost already a mega game. It just didn't have the, the sort of the the strict turn based system. Yeah. Hmm. And and we had people playing individuals as opposed to nations and stuff like that. So yeah, we I, this looks interesting. And I've seen a few others where there was another one that was based off of um, all the different um, government agencies within a town during a zombie apocalypse. Um, oh okay. Mm. There's others that are like uh, one of the ones I, I wanted to do during that virtual conver- convention. I just didn't get a chance to set aside the time to do it was um, uh, the different factions on a colonization fleet fleeing their home world. Hmm. Okay. So, but it's like, this is, it's, it's a nice little, like I said, it, it, it looks to be an interesting blend of your standard board game with, you know, you have these rules, you can do this each turn, you do this each turn, but then there's also the LARP aspect of, and you can talk to your other players for, 15 minutes each turn to make deals and you can also go off script so to speak and try new things and see what happens so yeah with your larping experience i could see where yeah that would just be like you'd be like oh yeah okay a few gears (laughs) yeah just okay we need to do abc to add to this de instead yeah, and I could see where you could think, yeah, we could pull this off easily. Just a little more logistics, a little more planning, and you'd have it. Yeah. yeah. A, a little, and, and most of them only take place over one day as opposed to our, our games, which took place over the entire weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. That'd be, what? We could do an event and only do one day and, and then be done for the weekend? Are you mad, sir? <laughs> That's be crazy done. talk. It can't be done. <laughs> 
You fool! Games yeah. are supposed to last forever. <laughs> <laughs> there is no end. But I would recommend if if you just go on to say YouTube and look up um, "Watch the Skies." Um, that it there are. Uh, this is how I discovered it. There's a lot of uh, videos of people like filming their uh, trips to the event, especially the guys from uh, "Shut Up and Sit Down." If you guys watch like board game reviews, they are one of the preeminent YouTube channels about board games and reviewing board games. And they had a couple of playthroughs of that mega game. Um, it was addicting just watching them play. And I'm like, I can't, oh, I can't even imagine what it'd be like to actually be there playing it and having to make these decisions. Oh, so I would highly recommend anyone take a look at that. And it, it's a, it's a, it's a, I guess, a genre of game that took, like, started off in uh, England, from what I can tell, in London area, uh, but we're starting to see it show up more and more here in the states. I know DragonCon has been running something similar to it for years. Um, uh, Bruce, I, if, if you ever remember looking at the the programs for DragonCon, and they have like the the like global uh, tactical sessions oh yeah they, they do that every year and they do it at gen con also yeah that's pretty much what that is 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 a variation on that hmm. well speaking of things that go on forever there's of course my campaigns that i've been running uh <laughs> we we finished the fringeworthy campaign set in forgotten realms in Dragonlance. that what took like two years Three years? I can't even remember. <laughs> Three years, yeah. I can't yeah. remember how long it but we finally finished it. They finally uh, managed to knock back and we and we and we, we talked about it on the podcast. Um the the next thing I did to them was uh, I put them into a world that was actually one of the alternates off of Earth Prime, but it was one where there was a problem portal and when they went through they found themselves in the bodies of animals. Oh yeah. And uh, now, I mean, I did try to give it a little bit to them where they could understand each other, but they couldn't understand, you know, um, and they could understand the local native language. But, of course, the first thing they do is they go to town where there's all these colonial types that are speaking a language they don't understand. And they would have to, and they have to, you know, hope that somebody would be able to understand them. And some people did. The, the guy that was running the church did. Some A lot of the shopkeepers could speak could speak both languages things like that but uh they they didn't uh they didn't really get into it they didn't i really thought they were going to really use their fact that they were animals to do really you know do deep penetration type stuff but instead they continually told people oh we're we're spirits that are in the bodies of these animals we're intelligent we're not really animals <laughs> <laughs> so everybody knew that they were, you know, that they were weirdo animals, though some people did think that the one human they managed to get transferred into, that they were all like very well trained for him and he was pulling some kind of a scam. Nobody was quite sure what was going to happen, but they uh, they finally uh, found there was a uh, a colony of Demixi on this world that were helping the, the mine uh, this... Uh, essential material out of the ground uh, because it was the basis for all their technology. It ran their steam engines. It ran their giant, you know, blo uh, blockbuster rifles. It ran the uh, jets that were flying overhead when there shouldn't have been any jets, by the way. <laughs> and uh, 
uh, it turned out that uh, the Demixie had some um, genetic um, uh, ability to understand or, or remember scientific principles like lift and things like that and help them actually build uh, some of their technology. Uh, finally, at the end, they managed to figure out that the amazing, the amazing material that was causing all this was lead. Lead, when heated to a liquid and then hit with electricity, uh, disintegrates and releases all its energy. Ah! <laughs> it doesn't take much to do an awful lot. <laughs> so, you know, there's there was some real issues about, okay, you know, we got this ship, it's got like, you know, couple tons of lead in it that could take out half the continent of Africa you be careful now you know so uh, and uh, and there were all these people that were keep trying to get lead so they could you know build giant bombs and things because like. there were there were some natives who didn't like the colonials they wanted them gone oh yeah you know and uh, and I tried to get them involved with that but they they didn't go that route so anyways they uh, I, I basically uh, you know came I, it, it proved what I've been saying all along, which is that Fringeworthy is not a travel log. You just can't go and you, you can't play, sit there listening to the GM saying, oh, look at that building and look at the, the amazing trees and, and, and elephants and, and the Springer whatever and, and all these things. You, know. uh, you have to get involved with the local NPCs or you're going to be bored stiff. You know, the adventure is interacting with them, finding out what they know, finding out, helping them meet their needs, making, you know, making friends with them so that you can achieve your ends. And they just, they did not get it. <laughs> they did not get it at all. So finally we finished it up and they, uh, and they're now moving on to a new adventure, which we're just starting, which is, um, the, uh, one of the, the furthest points of alien uh, detection in the Bureau 13 universe is a base that's on that big heart-shaped white area on the on one side of, of uh, Pluto and there's a portal there and uh, they have a base there and uh -huh. a lot of detection okay. equipment and uh, there's a big there's a big comet heading straight for them so they're sending the team up there to help them in case things get bad, help them evacuate, just, you know, some extra hands. You know, they, they've proven themselves to be really tough because we're using savage world rules and, uh, uh, for, for, for Fringeworthy. Uh, and, uh, and, and they're always like, well, um, you know, what, you know, how's, how's that going to interact with our, our current Bureau 13? I say it's 20 years in the future, guys. <laughs> Bureau 13 world is time retarded, 20 years behind. Um, so they're, you're, you're 20 years in the future. So it's not going to, or it's 20 years in the past. Whichever way you want to look at it, it's not going to affect what you're doing. So, because um, uh, the game, you know, I mean, I don't think we've gone over a year in actual time in all the time we've played uh, for this current group. So. Ah, wow. And uh, I actually have been able to play in a bureau. Thir in a, I'm sorry, in a D and D game. I play a. I'm now a tenth level tiefling cleric uh, of the Silver Flame, and I got my first divine intervention because that's a class attribute uh, in fifth edition. 
and I got I basically got to cheat death. Uh, I had to basically put my head underneath a giant knife and be killed in order for uh, in order for the the adventure to progress. And so I called up my God and says, "When this is over, I want to be whole, standing up with all my stuff, able to continue the adventure." And my God said, "Got it." <laughs> you know, I, I just kept praying. I kept praying for divine intervention until I got it. Oh, so, oh, wait a minute. Church of the Silver Flame, that's Eberron. Eh? <laughs> it's in the book. Yeah, yeah, the Eberron, the Eberron setting. Oh, yes. I, I, it, it's not, this is not the Eberron setting. This is, this is, uh, this is uh, Forgotten Realms. Church of Silver Flame, and Ever- they must have made a change then. Okay, I don't remember... Look, it's it's just you know I mean they, they asked me what uh, I I looked it up it, it it was listed as an okay uh, god to to do and so I'm playing okay all right all right all right it, it never said in the book fifth edition it has a lot of changes from previous editions so it's almost impossible to actually get killed in the game mostly you just get knocked to zero and go into death shock until someone pops you back up again which isn't too hard either so uh, anyways. Um, so I, I've, I've been enjoying playing it, but it's definitely not the D&D I cut my teeth yeah. on. Other than that, I mean, it, to, to most people, that would be like a lot of stuff I've been doing. But frankly, you know, I used to do a lot more, but my work in my new job has consumed every bit of time that's not already been spent. But I do have plans for next year. Uh, my, I planned to go to Africa. Oh. I suppose I, I have a paid already paid for vacation with this one group, and they're so they're supposed to call me, and reschedule, but they haven't done it. So I'm gonna have to call them again, saying, "Guys, you haven't rescheduled. You haven't called me." Blah blah blah. <laughs> so, but uh, for Christmas, I'm hoping to get um, the uh, last book in the Old Man's War from John Scalzi. And I'm also hoping to get the latest collection of the Walking Dead comics, and uh, and a few other things. But those are the big, those are the big things. Uh, I, I'm like, you know, what what's what novels have you read in the, in the last year? And the answer was none. You know, I did do some diehard mara- uh, marathons, and I uh, uh, I did a whole lot of Isekai anime, which is about somebody either dying or trans referring to an, an alternate uh, parallel dimension and, and having to basically sometimes start with, hit the ground running with extra gear, but you basically have to make a new life in a new world. That's what Isekai is all about. So I've been enjoying those. And as far as movies, I have no idea, but uh, I am looking forward to the next season of Star Trek Discovery, Lower Decks, and the Orville, and so if there, if you see a t- a pattern here, <laughs> then yes, I've always been a big fan of Star Trek. But my wife is a huge fan of the Mandalorian. Oh so yeah, it's yeah, it, it has to, plenty of representation here in our household. Yeah, I need to get. I, I, so far, I've only seen the first episode of this second season. I have. I need to get caught up. Second season of what? Mandalorian. Oh, okay. All right. Oh no, I I as I say with the free time out. Um, oh, I'm up at four in the morning. Sure, the new episode of Mando just dropped. Yeah, I'll watch it. 
Well, I wanted to do that, except that I knew that I really wanted to get the job that I did. Yeah. And I spent, I got, I went to bed every night, like around 11, 12 o'clock, got up at eight o'clock every morning and just started hitting the online training for months. So I went over every bit of online training I had already. I bought books, went through the book step page by page, doing the, 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 the problems and things like that. So, I mean, when I finally uh, uh, got the job, I mean, I was, I was like saying, I've been studying for this job for the past three months, two months, three months. And I've been bored, I've been getting up, trying to get up to speed from previous year before that. So must, I look at my wife, I'm like, it must be nice to be able to just sit around and read books and watch them. Yeah, because she has a, she works in a laboratory and there's, and she basically, her skills are her skills and she, she can't improve them, you know, other than to get a job and get trained on new equipment. But basically, her job is her job. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not that way for me. <laughs> so, because when you, when, you, when you look online, it's like they want your set of skills plus a whole lot more. And it's always like, well, where do, where do I, you know, do I try to learn all that stuff? Or, you know, or I just keep trying to improve what I do know how to do and try to make that better. So... It's a tough. It's one of the hard things about being in a technological job like computer programming. They always want you to know more languages than you know. So, so how about you guys? Plans for next year? Oh, let's see. Stuff stuff you plan on doing over the holidays, such as they are. Well, the holidays. I mean, obviously. I mean, Thanksgiving. I I canceled my games for that week, that Thursday and that Saturday, just because. Yeah, I knew that people would be having their dinners and all that. And I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, let's see. Let me check. Let me look at something real quick here. Let's see. The 25th is on a Friday. It's not a game week. But Christmas Eve, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be gaming on Christmas Eve. That's just, you know, come on. It's Christmas Eve. I mean, let, let you know, the people have their you know, there are things that they do. So, yeah, it, it's it, it usually holidays. I'll, I'll, you know, bypass the game just because I know there's a few of my gamers that either have families involved or they have kids. So it just, yeah, I, I don't get too bothered. At, oh, crap, I got to cancel a game this holiday. It's like, no. I'm good with it. You know, it's, I know that the people, they have their things that they want to do and I'm not going to sit there and impose on that. That's being, that's me being a jerk then. You know, see, for the longest time, I always thought, you know, holidays is a great time to get together and game like crazy. We should really do this. And everybody has always looked at me like, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's I, like, it's like holidays are for families. I'm like, yeah, the families get together and we play games. Well, the thing is, is yeah, we may have done that back when we were younger, you know, maybe in our early twenties, you know, when we didn't really have all the responsibilities that we have now, but now as we've gotten older, realize that us and our gamers all have jobs and obligations and kids. And yeah, they can't do that anymore. Pshaw. <laughs> Pasha, <laughs> that's what I say. 
Well, that's the difference. Yeah, both of our kids are growing, but yours is still there. Mine's gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's he's there in his room playing with his friends with the door shut. Yeah. So yeah. I could run I could run around the house naked all the time and not scandalize anybody. Yeah, what was that, Jonathan? I said mine are here underfoot all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well you you've got that. What's your oldest again? Eight eight, eight years old. Wow. Yeah. This is why Bruce and I feel your pain, Jonathan, when you tell us about... No, no, this is the best time. This is the best time, because once they hit teenagers, they hate you. <laughs> well, I'm already, I've already prepared for that. Yeah, oh, you think you are. Yeah, uh-huh. You'll yeah. find out. Oh, when, he, when I tell him he's in trouble and doesn't get his switch for a, a day, oh, he hates me then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, though, is, is that, you know, you're still his hero... And her hero until you until they turn teenagers and then oh I I, I know then you're, I, then you're the man you're the enemy you're the old you're the old lion we keep telling him he's like I want to hang out with you daddy and I'm like I'm one of these days you're gonna say get away from me dad I'm sick of hanging out with you go over there old man yeah <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying you you should should really treasure these moments because you're gonna miss them. Anyways, but hey, you know, you get the whole now do any of your do any of your family looking forward to Santa Claus coming to visit? All of them. All of yeah. them. Yeah. Oh yeah. The oldest Sweet. is definitely concerned that he, 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 he doesn't want to get on that naughty list. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, uh uh, you know, I don't know what, what kind of games they play, but I could probably send you some stuff. Well, right now, they're, like I said, they, the oldest plays a, a little bit of 5th um, edition D&D with us, but right now they they like board games. Um, I have board games. They We've we've had the oldest two chess. And my six-year-old has actually managed to beat me once. I'm, I'm still not sure how she did it. Um... And then they love Monopoly, of course. Yeah, and yeah. we've 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 got them a we've got them a few uh, lined up for Christmas. Some of the the classics like Clue and Life, which I'm not a fan of Life because I have a game like I have a game called Solar Quest, which is like Monopoly except it's done with spaceships. Mm. Yeah, the one they like is they've got a uh, Monopoly Gamer, which is Mario themed. And it's, oh. it's, it's, I think, one of the best interpretations of Monopoly I've seen because I have a lot more fun playing it because, because there's just enough different with it that I can force my family to play by the rules in the book. So it's like a, per, it's like a pernicious uh, Mario party. Kind of, yeah, yeah. But I just like it more because... They, they they don't expect the house rules that they expect in Monopoly, like uh, money on free parking and all, all the taxes go in the center and stuff like that. And they're like, no, those aren't in the rules. And and not doing auctions. It's like, you guys realize if you played by the rules in the book, the game would go by much quicker. Please, I don't want to be here for five hours. <laughs> well, if you don't want to be there for five hours, you hand out all the properties at the start. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh. and then you start wheeling and dealing. Probably going to introduce them to risk sometime soon. Oh, oh, that's another five hours. Yeah, yes, first that I actually enjoy sitting for five hours. 
Yeah, first son is into that big time. Ramsey's is trying to, oh, I want to play. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just, I, he's, he just turned nine. So, yeah, he's starting to realize, you know, get, I guess, some sort of tactics, which has kind of helped him when he was in my game before all the schooling started this fall. So I think the risk may have helped Ramsey's with <laughs> there in, in my bureau game. There is now the Wrigley maneuver, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, kids learning risk early on, that does teach them, well, at least rudimentary tactics and strategy, which yeah. would help them later when they get into tabletop gaming. Oh, yeah. And uh, I also want to get them playing um, Flux. Which oh, oh yes. I cannot find my deck like from like third edition that had all my customized cards. I have you know, to go and back the, and find it. The game I think their kids would like Munchkin with the. We have it. And, we have it. I think I've been with, honestly. I think I've just been waiting until they their reading ability was up to snuff, and I think yeah, I think most of them at least could, could probably do it. Yeah, they're not going to get the jokes. No, okay. they won't get all the jokes, but they don't. They don't really need to as long as they know bigger number. You you beat. You win. Yeah. Especially for the six-year-old. Well, the, the, the thing is, with, with Munchkin, when me and the second wife first started playing it, and we had our friends in Pennsylvania, um, Bruce, the the, uh, the the people behind Team Cavalier and Bureau 13 OGL. And so the four of us are playing. Of course, Shan and Trish are a new couple. Oh, honey, let me help you. No, dear, let me help you. And me and Tina are just sitting there, just backstab each other already. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, Jesus Christ, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. Just screw her over and be done with it. Take her treasure and go on. Yeah. And they're not getting it. It's like, no, alliances are the exception, not the norm. <laughs> so, yeah, after you might end up with, you know, the siblings, you know, either one branching off each helping mommy and daddy, or it might be parents versus children munchkin, <laughs> and, which may not end well. <laughs> well, here's the thing. My, my wife, my son are very competitive. And my at least my oldest daughter has some inklings in that area, too. So I do also need to get them playing a cooperative game because otherwise it's it's all fight. It's all uh, yeah, teeth, teeth to the throat, competitive. Oh no, you can't be cooperative in Munchkin. Oh, oh no, yeah, there have I been some, we've had they some won't. grand alliances. They won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, what what it is? My experience recently with Munchkin is that Pixie's mother, Goth Bunny, is the uh, unofficial self abdicated Munchkin Queen of Toledo. They had to make a card. Uh, there would be like a local Bigby coffee where they would meet every other Friday. And they various board and card games and whatnot. They had to, you know, and you got the blank cards a day. They had to write one. Colleen loses. <laughs> I played against Colleen because, you know, I'd go to Gen Con and Bruce would see it. I'd have two or three packs of Munchkin. Those are for Pixie's mom. And just, oh, no, just I barely beat Colleen. I got lucky. So, yeah, I love Munchkin, but there are some people who turn into a, a full contact blood sport. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> but Flux, no, I think Flux might, uh, just my speaking as a parent here, Flux might be good for the eight year old 
But mm-hmm. when them rules start changing every time, that might be where they get a little, you know, and they they start falling because it's just like every turn your your rules change drastically sometimes. That's why I, I'll never play another game of Flux. <laughs> <laughs> no, I played one game. Oh, you were one and done. Oh. My turn came up. I played a card. It changed the rules. I won. I said, I will never be better than this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Bruce is just there with the the middle finger and ring finger touching his thumbs, pinkies and index fingers out, saying there, I have achieved flux nirvana. I can go no higher. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sitting yeah. lotus position in the chair at the table. Yeah. Right. It's like accidentally discovering plutonium. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who get the uh, uh, <laughs> Seinfeld reference. Ah. <laughs> anything else you want to talk about because i went through my list pretty much well let's see uh inspired on santa gift let's see something i would want that i'd have to be the santa to get that was one of these this wasn't so much a patented bruce sheffer outline folks it was just a bunch of questions he wrote down it was but still we we managed to get through i've kind of and i told bruce this before taping Amazon and noblenight.com have been little, have, have gotten to know me. <laughs> so there's, been, oh, I need this hard copy. Yeah. You've been kissing the ring of Jeff Bezos, have you? Not yet. No, no, no. It's not like I'm, well, remember, there's a huge, I told you, there's a huge Amazon place. It's just down the road from my other job. I was tempted to go there. Um, but no, I, I've kind of already got all my stuff that I'm, I'm like, I'm not seeing anything else I want in hard copy. I'm good. I got four piles of gaming books, the ones that I use all the time, sitting on my big gaming table in my living room and just, yeah. It's like, "Ah, I don't need anything else. I'm good. (laughs) Part of this was looking over my GOG account and uh, and my Steam account, and I'm like, I have more games that I have not played than I can probably finish in my lifetime. (laughs) I'm pretty much done. I will I will just start working my through that and all the books that I haven't read and you know I really don't need to buy anything else at this point. Yeah, Humble Bundle is definitely the curse of my wastefulness. Oh, I've gotten oh. into them too. Oh no. I did buy a whole bunch of Goodman games uh modules from them to give to my uh my GM for D&D and he basically looked at it and says, "Well, they're not re- they're not 5th edition." I'm like, "Yes." Okay. But don't you like any of the adventures? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Kind of like my to do my own thing. And I said, okay, fine, fine. I, you didn't have to enjoy them. They cost me a total, I think, of of, of 15 bucks for like 31, 31 adventures. Oh, what was it I got from him? Oh, uh, the Modifius 2D20 system. Originally, they did a Conan game. They now have Star Trek adventures. It was like 20 bucks. I got most of the PDFs. And a certain pro indie wrestler slash protege host of my show who does the pop culture report, who shall name, remain nameless, Jeff, got a bunch of them and he was quite happy because he's our resident Trekkie. And, oh no, Humble Bundle, I'm looking, I'm going, oh no, I could do some serious, I could get into some serious trouble with that. And I just uh, re-got a bunch of new, um, oh, what was it? 
they put out a new Savage Rifts bundle. Now, I already got the, the like the four base books a couple years ago, shortly after Big Irish's big Kickstarter. But yeah, they put out another four or five books, and Humble Bundle came up, and Mr. Pulaski, we have something for you. Oh, you, oh, you <laughs> evil, you evil temptress, you. Yeah. It's in my Facebook feed every day. <laughs> the last one I saw was three different versions of, of uh, Campaign Cartographer. I've yeah. heard of them, yes. Well, if you want to make maps and dungeons and things like that, they claim that they're really good about doing that. So, you know. I've, I've gotten it. It's, I mean, it's, it's CAD software. Yes. If I wanted to take the time to learn that, I guarantee I'd make some very beautiful maps. But I'm not looking for publishable material right now. I'm just looking for something I can put together and pop in front of my players real quick. And so, yeah, uh, I don't want to take the time it takes to learn to use this well. I'm just going to go. Yeah. Well, I use Visio to make almost all the maps that I had in the um, uh, Outpost game supplements back in the '90s. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. I was kind of hoping that I'd have some, you know, they'd, they'd have tools that would make it really easy just to put things together, you know. Uh, but uh, so far, I haven't been impressed, uh, uh, you know, the way I was hoping I would be. But, you know, maybe i just not familiar enough with them. I hear there's some web-based mapping software that's much easier to use and will we'll do a decent job. I just haven't checked them out yet. Oh, by the way, YouTube, if you guys have not been watching uh, Dungeons & Dragons some X edition by Man Shorts, you are missing out. Oh, i got to get back They've into Man Shorts. I've, I've, fallen out of, I, I've fallen out of watching it because I would do the D&D such-and-such edition and all that. And right. I, I've been meaning to get Yazik's uh, two albums. The, the the rapper for Man Short, the, the GM for Man Shorts is also a rapper. And he does a song called Rage, and it's all about being a, an orc barbarian. And yeah, I gotta get back into Man Shorts. I've I've kind of fallen by the wayside with all the stuff going on. I gotta backtrack. But what is it? Or what, just the, the more D D editions like they did the redneck yeah. one? Oh yeah. god. The my 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 two favorites, and they were multiples of them, was uh, D and D Florida edition. They had like three, three of those. Oh God, yes. <laughs> and then they had D and D um, uh, customer service edition. There were four. Oh yes, four of those. Oh no, the the Florida Man editions. They did their research, and here's the kicker. This is a lot of stuff I saw and read on the on my weird word segment on my show. So I'm sitting there watching this. I go, and I, I was able to tell pretty much. Who on my show read it as they were going through what they were going to do? I'm like, me, me, Goth Bunny, Z, Jeff, me, me, me. Because I knew the, I remembered all of these Florida Man incidents, and now we look for them. Like, and I'll, I'll scroll through News of the Weird, uxpress.com, and I'm like, oh, 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 damn it, he has a name. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Jonathan? Have you checked them out? I've they they I've seen them pop up in my like you know suggested feed, but I haven't actually watched any yet. I'll have to take. I highly recommend it. They're short. I mean, they're literally they're like you know five to eight minutes long each, and they they are amazing. Some of them are just absolutely inspiring. Also, the DM therapy little series that 
Chaz Yazik, the GM, did. He basically had a falling out with this group, and so he found DM therapy at the back of a store, back of a gaming store. And it was like a four or five episode bit. And it was pretty cute. I missed that. Oh, yeah. It, I, I, I felt Chaz's pain there. Just, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm sure there's some good stuff that have come out of uh, Dead Gentleman Society, the ones that did uh, uh, Journey Quest and all the um, gamers. The Demon Hunters and all that. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan, especially. This might mm-hmm. want to be. Um, and they're big on Twitter, but on YouTube, LA by night. It's, I, it's, yeah, they, they were, uh, by like geek and sundry at one point. Yeah. I, I haven't yeah. Ever watched it, but I'm, I've definitely, uh, been interested in it. It's right now. The only like <sighs> live play or I guess full play I've been watching has been critical role. Oh um, yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like yeah, I, I, I give boys. LA by night. I give LA by night shout out because, um, my two dementia friends, Bonnie Gordon and Xander Generet, the library bards, jazz hands, are involved in that. And from what I understand, Xander plays one hell of a Malkavian. My buddy oh, Z told me about this, and I caught a clip, and I'm like, holy crap, he nailed it. You got to love a good Malkav. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's so unlike. Xander is kind of zany and goofy, and he usually has like blue or turquoise hair, and then it's just a complete damn 180. I'm like, holy crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, LA by night would be something I think you would like a lot, Jonathan. And as I said, because I'm plugging my, my friends, Bonnie and Xander. <laughs> uh, the one I've been watching um, whenever they, they pop up is uh, uh, this small little crew called uh, Door Monster. Okay. Um, they do. Video game and D and D skits. Um, what attracted me was when I saw some of their civilization skits, like how you know, like you know Gandhi, the the nuclear tyrant kind of stuff. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but but then uh, they started branching out into other games I was interested in, and, and Stellaris and. D and D and XCOM and they just basically do comedy skits, you know, based in these little universes. Oh, okay. And they're they're a, a fairly young crew. I think you know they look like they're maybe in their you know twenties, late twenties. Bunch of young film students making. Oh, uh, okay. But they are definitely funny to me. I like them. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, this is our holiday episode. We are signifying the holiday season here. I think the three of us, you know, give our our personal holiday wishes to our listeners. Just what we wish upon them this season. Uh, Bruce, you sure? I hope that I hope that our listeners have discovered that online gaming, is, as far as RPGs and tabletop on online is, if not just as good, really good. And it is a totally acceptable way of, of re- and enlarging your gaming group and keeping the, the, you know, the game going, okay, which because a, a lot of us were forced to do it, who never would have done it before, and I hope you actually discovered that it was better than you thought. Um, I hope that you all managed, I hope you, I hope you were all smart enough to wear your masks, uh, if not for yourself, but for everybody else, 
and I hope that uh, you uh, get your uh, uh, you take the vaccine when it comes out, as long as you get it after me. <laughs> okay, Jonathan. <laughs> My, I, I'll just give it simple. I wish everyone this holiday season peace, relaxation, uh, enlightenment, and hopefully on into the year beyond. Okay. Uh, me, let's see. Uh, I'll kind of say, alter what I say at the end of my shows now. Keep the mask up above the nose, the hands clean, sanitized, the distance social, the attitudes at an even keel. I wish upon all of our listeners the same thing that I wish for the people I care about, which pretty much are one of the same, to be safe and happy. That's all that I really want for them. And I wish all of you happy holidays, whatever and however you may celebrate, because it's not just Christmas, folks. Between like mid-November and early January, there's like 15 different holidays. So whatever you celebrate, however you celebrate, may be full of joy, peace, health, and stay-at-home fun. The best. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, try not to go out and about. That's why we have this online stuff like Skype and Zoom and whatnot. You know, you just got to teach your grandma and your older uncles and aunts how to use it and all that, you know. But but no, just to all of you out there who have been through all of this with us this year, happy holidays. Thank you. I will have more for you next week. But until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying... There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.